What in the Chuck Norris is happening? We are the Low Life Podcast. We're back. Um, in spite of our best efforts, you found us. Uh, I have gone up to McGillicuddy. Uh, once again, uh, I, I am going to be sitting in for the I don't know anything about what we're talking about today uh, part of the audience. So this will be fun. Um, the story is going to be told to us by our buddy Scum for uh, the second part of this Scum. Give him a Hello, little... are you prepared for the most bisexual series I ever I ever did? <laughs> That's more than that, right? Ever, if there was ever a series to out myself, this would be it. <laughs> Sometimes trisexual. hey Yeah. Woo! Who's and, that? Uh, we're, we're here with Zero as well. Hello. Say hello. Hello. Coming um, to you uh, with a big boy microphone this week, so I don't sound like I'm speaking into a tin can at the bottom of a missile silo. Yes, you sound like <laughs> that sounds like a much more expensive tin can. Nice. It's, uh, that's all we do here, and uh, we are also being joined once again by Eric Geist, who was with us last uh, episode. And uh, say say hey. Hey everybody, how's it going? I'm really happy to be back on your show, and uh, that leads me to believe that I didn't fuck up too bad last time. So awesome! No, that was a riot. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely a knowledge bomb on us. Glad to have you back. <laughs> Expect more silly German accents. Yes. Sweet. Oh, thank God. Oh yeah. Well, hey, all right. Before we get into it, though, um, just a real quick uh, touch up on the news. Hey, you guys been looking at what's going on in fucking Florida? Mm. Gross. I try not to. My whole life, though. So, Everyone's doing it now, but my whole life I've been saying this about Florida. Yeah, don't you feel vindicated? <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't go there. Get out. Yeah. Um, avoid, avoid, avoid. I just, I remember, like, we would talk about it. Um, I have a group chat with some folks, and every now and again, somebody would be like, oh, DeSantis did something, and then I would just send him the gif of Bugs Bunny with the mm. saw cutting Florida off, and it floats away, and he does the little, yay! Um, <laughs> now, I've revised my thinking on that. I do believe that, like, there are so many people in Florida who are in trouble and need help. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it Absolutely. looks like Bugs Bunny is DeSantis. So, because <laughs> he's simply trying to cut the state off. Like, he's, there are people, uh, uh, groceries are not being delivered. Uh, truckers are not delivering things. There is a huge boycott going on. Like, wow. Uh, amongst truckers, there's a, a bunch of the uh, laborers who build houses just not fucking showing up. There's entire stretches of these things that are just, one guy shows up with his like TikTok, and he's just like, "Yeah, this used to be full of people at like seven o'clock in the morning, and there's no one wow. here." Oof. And it's like, yeah, weird, weird how like when you exploit people and then you make the people you're exploiting illegal, they might might like bug the fuck out. I don't know, yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, funny. Oh, maybe you know, pay people living wage. I don't mm-hmm. care whether you're a legal illegal citizen or not. Uh, well, you also have the NAACP giving out a do not travel. Advisory yeah, that's some green book shit. I'm telling you, I, I mentioned it earlier. I can't. Un- unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's uh, it's particularly horrifying to think that if you have a layover at an airport in Florida as a trans oh. person, you could face jail time just for pissing in your layover. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I mean, fucking it, insane. Yeah. yeah. I just, I just I think about like friends of mine from like high school, you know, because like you know, early trans person who didn't know they were trans, you know, and like gay kids and whatnot. And I think about that, and I'm like, you know, there are people like people like that like now in Florida growing up, and yeah. they're like they're hundred percent. I hate that very much. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I mean, when not just Florida, but a lot of states have adopted these really draconian rules on. Uh, trans kids and legislating who's allowed treatment and when and 
we're not going to see the 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 reapings from that until a little while later but ah oh yeah no because we got we also have to worry about what tennessee texas uh want to see Louisiana, arkansas arkansas exactly yeah i think uh, nebraska now yeah. too it's hard to keep track of all the draconian yeah. measures that are being put in place it's it's actually it's difficult that's not a joke yeah Gee, are, georgia are has outlawed it for minors even with parental consent uh mm. and medical supervision um and I have a big bone to pick with that because I am both from Georgia and trans as fuck. So yeah. I have a lot of, a lot of sadness from a home state there and the people that are still fighting the good fight by living there. Hmm. But man, yeah, no, I got a, I got a lot it was of bleak when I grew up. So it's even bleaker now, which is sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at Ohio and it's like, we're not great. We, we haven't been great in a minute. You know, we haven't been doing very well here. If they're doing the whole othering. Because it's mm-hmm. never your fault, you know, when something's yeah, fucked up. It's never the guy you voted for. It's always them. You right. Know? It's, 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 we're, we're past the point of debate me. Like, we're, we're past that. Like, even like when that was starting, when you had your, what's that fuckhead that is getting divorced now? Um, to be more specific. Robert Crowder. Crowder. Yeah. Uh, that one. <clears throat> uh. it, it, it's a, it's a whole crew, you know. But like, um, and you know, this asshole and all these assholes were like, debate me, but they were always going to colleges, even though they're like in their thirties. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, let's, let's go to the kids fresh out of high school and beat them into the ground with circular uh, logic and, you know, bullshit. Predatory. Um, no, no. You know, we've already heard my, I, I don't like debate. I did debate. It's not a good form of communication. It's a contest. You're yeah. just supposed to bark things more than the other person can refute them. And if you have a bigger tally at the end, you win. That's no way to fucking solve the you problem. You might as well just, like, stance up and box. I mean, like... Uh, or just... What is... Uh, identify the problem. How about that? Just do that. Yeah, Take that write, first step. Write a book with research. Why is there like, still, like, lead pipes in uh, Flint, yeah. Michigan? You know, oh, going on sure. how long? It's, it's a good solution. What do you mean? I mean, I, there's, I'm still seeing footage coming out of fucking East Palestine. There's like yeah. the, the, this uh, woman washed her face in the morning, forgetting that like they need to filter their water, and she had oh. like you know light burns all over her face and stuff. Oh my god, sick. Oh. You know, and it's like yeah, this is still happening. Plus, you know, Norfolk Southern had another train derailment in uh, Newcastle, which isn't too far from there, I believe. I want to say on a bridge, but it wasn't anything toxic this time. I'm just thinking maybe they're not good at this. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, that's Devil's advocate, the free market got us into this. Maybe, you know, the free market's going to get us out. I have, do you know why I have train wrecks in uh, Train Sim mm. 2? Train, train Sim World 2? Because I do it on purpose. Because there's no fucking repercussions <laughs> and no one gets hurt. I'll make a two-mile-long train full of fucking rocket fuel, and I will see how fast I can get that son bitch to go and watch it explode. You know why? Because no one dies. Uh, you know, like, I, I don't have to take it seriously. And I'm still better than them, it seems. Well, I, talking uh, about talking about rocket fuel, rocket fuel. Uh, let's talk about some some uh, some pretty awesome queer people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, picking what? up where we left off, the year is nineteen nineteen, and the new social democratic Weimar government didn't have vice regulation on its mind. Well, every nice. thing I'll, I'll interject here that I, I wanted to bring up in the last episode: the, the nineteen nineteen constitution uh, was the most liberal constitution in Europe at the time. They uh yes, they yes, decided they want to transition from constitutional monarchy. They decided they're going to get serious about writing a constitution. The guy who wrote it actually looked at the American model as sort of a base 
um, until right. he realized like how deadlocked Congress always is. Uh, so they, they decided right. they're going to like tweak some things, make things a little bit different. Um, but yeah, it was like a, a brand new thing. And everyone was kind of looking and tapping their fingers, seeing what was going to go on and really hoping it didn't fall into another Bolshevik revolution. Really crazy to think that maybe years and years of like inbreeding might not produce <laughs> the greatest leaders. Yeah, it turns out when you shoot a lot of monarchists in the face, everyone yeah. in charge is like, well, shit, we better make sure they don't do that to oh. us. <laughs> so every form of vice was attainable. Also, yeah, it was the most liberal constitution, but like being gay was still legal. We'll get into it now, but like, yep. so it was, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> every form of vice was attainable, legal or otherwise, but we will delve into the depths of depravity next episode when we talk about the straights. This episode is going to be I, queer as fuck. Look, look, we are a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Gestures widely. Uh, Generally speaking, I'll, I'll say, I'll say yeah. two quite oh. like you. I'm, I'm coming into this not knowing a whole lot about the social issues at the time. I'm, I'm kind of like a, a government uh-huh. nerd with this stuff. Like, why <laughs> are we doing this? But um, so I'll also be right, kind of right. tapping you on the shoulder in the in the theater to say, "What's going on?" Oh, please, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Just the pain. Think of me as a dude. tourist, a, a sexual <laughs> tourist in Weimar, Berlin. Don't um, say I, that. You're I, you're into some weird shit. Yeah. I, I will I've be your tour guide to the nightlife and all of the Woo. bullshit that everyone was reacting against Wunderbar. in order to have great nightlife. I got the bill of my hat down low. Got both of my hands visible for now. We're good. <laughs> and there possibly might be some modern parallels. No. Shocking. Shocking. Because being gay turns out is older than the concept of God. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. yeah. So to step back a bit, let's talk about the first homosexual movement. And those are capital F first homosexual movement is it, which started is it, in the, is it like from behind is it a, like a mutual <laughs> hand job I don't think it's that kind of movement movement okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, thinking, yeah thinking so so one way on this am street I, there are I, many <laughs> ways that you can have homosexual movement my friend just open I, the line I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm coming in slow here okay I'm just using <laughs> it. I understand that's, that's a good way to start that's what he said a good way to start oh my god I gotta stop Flaps are up, nose up. Okay, coming in. Good. Everything's nice. Landing gear. Stuck. Work, well, work, listener, work. this is going to be the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so it started in uh, 1930. It, it like started in the late 19th century and unfortunately ended in 1933 for some reason. Oh, why? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, homosexuals have always had a hard time in Germany. Uh, the first penal code of the Holy Roman Empire called for homosexuals to be burned at the fucking stake. Mm. So yeah. when so when Germany was unified in 1871 and paragraph 175 was put into place, which was uh, Prussian law, which made homosexuality illegal, but not burn at the fucking stake illegal. I guess this was seen as an improvement. Humane treatment. So okay. why did the term flaming homosexuals survive? <laughs> well, I mean, because if you are identifiable, you are kindling for the fire, my friend. Indeed, uh, that's also the the sort of connective tissue of a particular pejorative term that we all very well know. That uh, means cigarette in uh-huh. British parlance. Um, mm-hmm. The reason it is connected to homosexuality is because, again, it was reducing a human down to kindling for a fire because that's oh. all they're good for socially, according to the people in power at time. So, uh, yeah, that's why uh, we have that not-so-great term now. Oh, wow. 
That yep. That makes the worst kind of yeah. sense. Yeah. That's that kind of thing where, like, yeah, I had all the elements. I just never put them to fucking yeah. Like that. Yeah, I don't even need to look that yeah. one up. Yeah, I, I believe that one. Yeah, Thanks. you're welcome. Draw. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Yeah, cool, buddy. <laughs> example of like you know when this thing doesn't affect you you, and you're just saying the words uh you don't think about it no yeah it's true everything has a history and why we did why they exist the 80s were wild (laughs) dude i I think about the early 2000s of how like racist and and, like homophobic it was and that wasn't that long ago oh Oh, yeah like not even that far long ago (laughs) I mean, when like, did Tropic Thunder come out? Because that really fucking set off that was a lot of flares. Yeah. yeah, it was early thousands, I think. And I mean, the sad part is that was still better than when I was growing up in the nineties and the eighties. Yeah, that was still like for sure. Yeah. It was tolerated to oh. be that openly in in public. Mm-hmm. There's an amazing documentary called Disclosure, and it it generally mm. centers about a trans and non-binary people in representations in film and television. And uh, they don't pull any punches showing uh, pop culture references that we absolutely grew up with and definitely delighted in and laughed at at the time, mm. even even though the audience was most likely made up of a bunch of non-binary or trans or just plain queer people yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that, oh. you know, transphobia and homophobia is built into our society. Yeah. Like, I- He's been y'all. Well, I, I'll tell you, I can, I can remember the moment my friend took me to the movies and we went and saw The Crying Game. And Ooh, when I the guess. scene yeah. happened, it was the opposite of quiet. It was vacuum. You, the, the sound in the room was incredible. Like you, there, nothing. There was nothing. It, it just not even a gasp. Just open mouths. People's eyes were open. And I feel like something was knocked a little loose there. I feel like for all of that movie's culturally, fault, you're I absolutely right. Because I remember in high school at the time, this definitely was like some kids in my class were like okay with homosexuality, some kids in my class weren't okay with homosexuality. This is one of the things that put it into the public sphere that we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a lot to be said for like uh, I think uh, the actress name was Jay Davidson did an amazing job of getting you to understand why. Um, Oh God! What's that actor's name? He's great, the, the Irish guy, British guy, uh, whatever. The lead in that, he, uh, th- their love story, like the way that kind of evolved over time. I, I think the the big reveal when it happens told every viewer who they were in that mm. movie more than it ever, <laughs> you know. And, it, and there was nothing like it before. There really wasn't, you know. Like there was nothing that showed you the humanity of a human, you know, just of, of people and an, like a, a romance kind of growing between things. And then you get to a point and you're like, is this what's going to stop you? You know, and it, it was, I don't and know. the viewer has to ask themselves. That's what, that's, I think why that movie worked so well. That's why I give Neil Jordan a pass on more, more, more than a couple of his movies. <laughs> he's, he's got a couple stickers. <laughs> Come on, let's be real. But <clears throat> it just shows like, regardless of the culture around it, like a gay culture exists everywhere mm-hmm. on earth uh like in germany it existed forever mm-hmm. exactly you know those steely-eyed mustachioed men we mentioned uh last episode uh they were uh, suppressing more emotions than they were letting on <laughs> <laughs> which would eventually lead to tragedy which we will talk talk about so 
mid to late 19th century, so like 1850, 1890, uh, saw scientific research into homosexuality. Uh, the vast majority being very wrong, uh, full of prejudice and really fucking racist. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Phrenology science, basically. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, so like the tapering of the penis in a funneled asshole were definite signs of budding. I see, I see. Mm. Oh boy. Well, a, uh, yep, cool. Tons mm-hmm. of quackery. But this was also been like, even you're a doctor because you said yeah. you were, so. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> right. Like this is, the, this is the poking around and seeing what we find form of a method of science. Yeah, yeah he uh, might give you a shave while you're there at the same time. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. Yeah. Did you want over the lobotomy or isn't the, that what the know. uh the spiral red white thing is? Is you know you were it was the surgeon as yeah. well as the barber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, he'd be expected to do extractions and and whatnot at the same Lance time. and boils, yes. you know, all those good problems that we mostly don't have anymore. Yep, and um, those are the people asking why gay though. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it did. Unfortunately, it did, but that was the thing is like it did get people as stupid as and wrong as all that was. It did get people thinking, what is gay? What is homosexuality? Mm. So, Arter, so we're going to get into there's a weird jump in my notes, probably because my brain was running out of my out of my ears. Uh, <laughs> article 175. What is it? Uh, it gave Article 175 the in. Uh, it was in the penal. Oh, code. OK. OK. So, so basically, penal gotcha, code. Gotcha, sorry. Yes. In Article 175, it was basically illegal for man-on-man sex. We'll get into why it wasn't illegal for women in a bit. But it gave... (laughs) Yeah. Can't imagine. Um, It was weird. Uh, So it it gave gay right activists something to actually rally against. It was like this... It was extremely negative to have it, but also gave like something to fight against, like a focal point. Yeah. Uh, Like everything focused on. The gay rights movement was extremely radical because of the focus on gay men in law and science. And the and just the extreme prejudice you faced. Uh, not saying gay women didn't suffer, but they were ignored in a weird hmm. way. Yeah. Uh, one seven five quote potentially called every other sexual. It called into question every sexual taboo. Hmm. Uh, but which adva- But with advances technology and policy <laughs> like mass media, like straight up zines, like you could just produce yeah. zines, and the right to vote, like women's suffrage, even the deep lack of a censor, and also the deep lack of censorship. Yeah, right. In 1900s, 1920s, mm. and the science-focused helped create a gay culture not seen anywhere else in Europe. Mm. Like mm. you had all of these, you, you basically had like the perfect, like setup to have the most open, uh, biggest gay culture in Europe at the time because okay. research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like sort pretty- of. and also people just. Uh, Particularly post World War One, had seen such degradation and how mm-hmm. easy it is to have your life evaporate, yeah. and so I think people were fed up with it and just wanted to live their lives. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of this is live, just live happy lives. Uh, a lot of yeah. this is, society has failed them also abjectly. People are just like, why am I even pretending that these taboos matter? Exactly. It's yeah. it's the same deal today. I mean, people make their own communities of like-minded folk sure. to to protect and to have a life. Yeah. And it's a it's a very simple, very human thing to do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like freedom of communication, like easy communication at the time. And uh Boy, that's also you're you're coming back from a like you're that that's like greasing up the sandwich for you. Is that like oh, you're yeah. coming yeah. back from existential like your friends weren't shot and bled out from a little hole. They were atomized. Mm. Frequently. And you, you stood in their remains. 
You know what I mean? Like you're going to come back with a different perspective on what fucking matters then. Oh yeah. Then you get you to know? come home and then you have like Ask ask actually you can do this now. Ask a vet <laughs> in your family. Like, hey, was like everything brighter when you got home? <laughs> you know, like cuz 9 times out of 10 they won't tell you that story. They'll tell you the other story, the fucked up shit. It's I don't oh man. Yeah. Then you got to go home and then there was a financial crash, which is also relatable. <laughs> Okay, yeah, technical thing happened, so we're just going to pick up reintroducing the good doctor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, people were talking about these things, communication helped, and then we get a man out of his, a man who is out of time, Dr. Magnus Hirschfeld. Hirschfeld? Hirschfeld. Hirschfeld. Born May 14th, 1868, died 1935. Hirschfeld was a German physician and sexologist who decided to do some real fucking science free of the usual prejudice of the time. Wasn't that a Prince was, album? Was he himself gay, or was that just his quote-unquote research? Yes. No, he okay. was very gay. He was, although he was not out in his professional circles, okay. for the most part. Mm. Professional circles, no, but we'll get to, like, he was known well enough that he had a cute nickname in the, in, uh, the gay scene in Germany. What, did he DJ, or, like, what was his... <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Oh God, my I don't even know where to pick up now after like now I just got that image in my head because he was like a short man with like rock and mustache and like now I'm just oh, DJ Hirschfeld. Just Someone make that yeah, man. DJ Dr. Hirschfeld. Little bitty, little bitty glasses. Yo, oh, mm-hmm. He's really Fantastic. into deep house. He's got these two <laughs> giant Victrolas. And he's got like <laughs> He's got dudes in leather cranking them to make sure they keep going. Of course you know? he does. Oh, yeah. Of course absolutely. Okay, oh, this needs God. someone draw this. Done. Yeah, please. Done. It's, fuck. Uh, we have two days. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, he was like genuinely interested in other cultures, which is unusual at the time, and like <laughs> it, the things that unify us. You know, he wasn't like, yeah. I mean, she, everyone was kind of racist at that time, but like, he was genuinely like consi- significantly less racist. Not mm. just trying. Like, to Like, he didn't believe value? in. Like, yeah, he, he he didn't believe that like oh your your like physical features determined like intellect or like race determined like you know like we're fucking orcs and elves and shit. But, like, I, uh, di- well, different puppy 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 puppy. In, a, in a way, uh, he was still very interested in the idea of eugenics. Um, Interesting. Yeah, he was he was interested in it, but it, again, I really like to say that it was because he's a product of his raising. There's only yeah. so much of that internalized phobia of many different isms uh that you can take out of yourself in one generation so i think mm-hmm. he he as a man of science was coming to things from a position of well this is kind of the gold standard right now so let's think about it in what positive ways okay. it can it can yeah, mean yeah. for the the rest of humanity i i yeah you know i Mm-hmm. It's, it, historical figures are murky, even the ones that we like to consider heroes. Right, right. Yeah, that's Always. why my research failed to bring that up. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, is, so many. Yeah, it is often very discreetly removed from mm-hmm. remembrance of him because it's a horrifying thought. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I think similarly, the the he did a lot of great things, but his sense of medical explanations for different mm-hmm. sexualities may have also played into some harmful tropes. Uh, mm. Yeah, we're going to we're going to talk about that in a, in a sec. Yeah. Like the, the 
he definitely believed gay men were largely effeminate, which led to some problems right. for, and led to more extremes. And it was weird. It, uh, there was no middle ground. Yeah. So, what about the bears? What about the bears, Magnus? <laughs> you cannot count the bears. No, okay. they're only twigs. Only twigs. <laughs> That's not so the world eight- that I want to live in. <laughs> Who's going to so, crank the Victrolas? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, because the twinks, their arms, they can't, like, crank them. Anyway. He's trying so, to turn them into bears. It's a... It's a yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so in 1892, he earned his medical degree. And after his studies, he uh, traveled to the U.S. for eight months, uh, even attending the World's Columbian Exposition. Mm. Uh, while in Chicago... He was involved with this gay subculture there and was fascinated at how similar it was to the one in Berlin. This led to his uh, universality theory, basically that gay people existed forever, regardless of race or culture. Uh, being gay is natural and any like consensual sex act between adults is natural. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it just happens. Like he would look even, at places. Even cowboys. <laughs> Even cowboys, especially cowboys. Yeah. So, like, he would look at, like, Rio de Janeiro and, like, other places that really didn't have contact with a great deal of the world. And, like, other places that didn't have contact with places that he knew or considered, like, quote-unquote modernized. Mm. Uh, and they still had gay subcultures there. With, mm. You know? Because yep. being gay, it just is. Sorry, <laughs> conservatives. Uh, yeah. So, a big reason... Pick, it just happens. Sorry. Pan-cultural yeah. phenomena like big... in the human species. Yep. Yes. Like it just it just happens. Sorry. Uh, a big reason he entered the fight for great gay rights, besides being gay himself, was that a lot of his gay patients were committing suicide. Yeah. Mm. Uh, suicide itself, regard because you know, regard, regardless of you know being suicide, uh, was taboo to talk about in Germany because it was it, like it's a literal translation from Germany literally translates to self murder. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I mean. it wasn't something. It was considered extremely like. Still is considered shameful, but all but tragic, but also like you didn't talk about it. Right. And uh, one story Hirschfeld would bring up is the suicide of a young army officer. He was treating for depression in 1896. He left behind a suicide note saying, despite his best efforts, he could not give up the desire for other men that he, quote, lacked the strength to tell his parents the truth and spoke of the crushing shame he felt. Most of the time, Hirschfeld found himself just trying to give his patients a reason to live. Wow. No parallels. To no parallels world. whatsoever. An- another bit of seasoning to that story, which may may well be true. It may be apocryphal, but one of the things that always settled uh, like a black arrow in my heart was that the impetus for the suicide was an impending marriage to a woman that he knew he did not love. And he knew he would not give her the family relationship that she desperately wanted. Mm -hmm. So it's not just one person's downfall here. It's a whole circle of people. Right. Right. God. Social. Yeah. Keeping it light. Right. <laughs> it's, it's it's required. Like you know, this happens to this day. It's happening as we're recording right now. Yeah, yeah it is. You know, it, it, it's when a society doesn't accept people, it, gay people or anybody for that matter, just the, the suicide rate just fucking goes up because this I just, whole. I can't imagine the mindset where you're like, if I do everything right, 
everything will be good but here's my rules for that and i need to impose them on everyone <laughs> like a lot of the motherfuckers doing this right now are the same assholes who were like oh i'm a libertarian i think you should be able to do whatever you want we exactly. legalize pot yeah. and then like you know when the rubber meets the road these assholes are all like well no it needs to be this weird version of christianity where the lord has swords and guns <laughs> Right. And yeah. and he and if you're different, then you're cast to hell. Like it here's the thing. That's God's job. If there's a God, God will do that. That's not your job. And it says so in your fucking rule book. And I'm just I can't understand, like oh man, they never should have let a preacher on TV. <laughs> <laughs> never should have let him on the radio. Yeah. All, like, never should have let him on the radio. Free to do things the way that I find not offensive. And it's just and then you hold a mirror up. Right. But yep. then you call the other person the snowflake. You know right, what I mean? It's course. just this. Or asking such audacious things as just equal treatment under the law and simple yeah. human things like being able to shelter. Eat. Right. You know. Food, shelter, clothing, medicine. Yeah. Which every single one of us, if we have insurance, are paying way too fucking much for given what it gives Don't. back. Yeah, it's yeah, just an impediment. Did. I never, I never knew that like in the year, like, you know, the 2020s, right? Like, oh, it's the future. Holy shit. Uh, The big debate would be like where people get to pee. Yeah. Honestly. Can, uh, can school children eat? Yeah. Or dodge bullets. Are we still doing this? Yeah. Or dodge bullets. Yeah. Can we, can we uh, get a panic rooms Uh, in our schools? Because we won't do the one obvious fucking thing, which is remove like the implement of the problem. Right. It's not affirming a child's name and making them feel good about themselves that's mm-hmm. the problem, obviously. It's the fucking yeah. bullets. Yeah. Yeah. How dare yeah. you feel good about yourself? I know. But let's worry about who takes a piss where. Right. Yeah. It's like every human being that has, like, different genders in their family in their house has a, like, unisex bathroom. So <laughs> yeah, obviously. That's exactly what it's like. That's what it would be like. Are you weird at home in your bathroom? People typically... <laughs> Like I just the deal with the weirdos. Yes, as they but not for that people. reason. <laughs> right, <sighs> and it's a consensual reason. Everyone. I just hope you don't always have to flush. Is what I'm saying. During so Doctor Magnus is uh, <laughs> Doctor Magnus is doing his uh, his homosexual uh, golden bow uh, research and discovering and common threads. One of one of the beautiful things that he incorporated into his research is monitoring the anxiety and depression levels between the people who were living authentically and the ones who were deeply, deeply closeted. Oh, nice. Which Holy is shit, fascinating considering yeah. how closeted he was professionally. <laughs> but I, mm. I understand, again, it's a product of the time and he had to keep some sort of sense of propriety mm-hmm. to keep his international status as a sexologist valid. Yeah. Right. Because oh, yeah. this was the you land know- of blackmail. People yes, we're actually going to talk about how this law was a black. One seven five was a blackmail engine. Oh, well, like, the, well, the, this okay. So this con- this is fascinating to me. This means that at some point in his his like career, he comes up with this idea. He's like, my God, I'm freaking the fuck out about this all the time. Like when I go to conferences, when I have to make speeches, and the whole thing, I have to act this way. And then I know this this guy who's just out with it. Like he's got a navy top and no. <laughs> And he's just walking around. Loving he's life. Fucking, he's chill as shit. He makes the best drinks. Like, and he's, he, I want to be that guy, right? So he has to put forth like a paper 
You know, like, okay, so uh, we, we need, here's here's a proposal to monitor the anxiety levels of people who have embraced their identity or who have to, you know, are deeply closeted, right? And he has to do that in a way that doesn't make someone say to him, so why are you coming up with this? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, why are you thinking yeah. about this? Like, oh, that's, why is a that's singular focus on this area of research? That's, you got to be good with fucking words right there. You seem to know yeah. Heinrich very intimately. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say your favorite cocktail was? You know, like. Oh, oh. It, it was wild, too, because much later in his life when he toured the States, he like had to he wanted to talk about sexology, but he had to frame it in like weird uber masculine kind of shit it was like you oh. like you could fuck your wife better. But, but and just never bring up homosexuality because he knew as a foreigner, they would just throw him <laughs> out of the country and he couldn't be thrown out of the country in, because things were happening in Germany. And, you know, in, there there's. There's a comedy there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In the rare moments that he did bring it up, it was one of the things that was sort of glossed over in terms mm-hmm. of, ah, well, he's a foreigner and they're, they're a little strange over there. Um, right. But right. one of the revolutionary things that he would bring up to American audiences is contraception. Hmm. Yes. And yeah. being able to, the thought of being able to plan when you were going to have your family that 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 is a truly revolutionary idea uh, for a lot of people that were on his talking circuit Mm, makes sense that's Uh weird because like we kind of just grew up with the idea i know yeah yeah. also with women having bodily autonomy but hey that's gone too so right yeah i was gonna say they really want more kids for the workforce well shit i was born in 75 that was like yeah, no, we're there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the uh, like women couldn't even have checking accounts before yeah. what? That's ridiculous. Yeah, or was it like sixty something? You would have like to have your husband's or your father's name on your credit card. Right. Yeah. Wild. It's, it's wild shit. Yeah. Well, and this also plays into the longstanding misogyny of of why the lesbian community was treated differently than the uh, homosexual gay male community. Um, one, at least by societal standards and granted, this is, it, it is not the right way to think about things, but they would consider a reproductive age, female bodied person more viable. And, ah, that's, that's a dalliance that they'll get over. Women are like uh-huh. in touch with our emotions and shit. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. There was a, there was a lot of kiss a little bit and yeah. snuggle. Oh, face. Face. That was face. That was yeah, even, right. yeah, even yeah. shit. There was even in Chasing Amy, the idea that you could, like, fuck a lesbian straight. Don't get me started on Chasing Amy. I will do a yeah. full TED Talk dissertation on why it was bullshit, <laughs> and it set a lot of people back a long time. And it uh, pains we'll me, because I like Kevin Smith for the most part. Yeah. God damn it, yeah. dude. You know, we'll have you not back an ally. for that. We'll, so, we'll have you back for that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. No, that'll, be a whole, that'll be a whole bonus episode. <laughs> Cool, 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 cool. So during the late 19th century, and honestly most of his life, he would write and publish his views of what it was to be gay, most of the time under, like, another name. Uh, Mm -hmm. In 1897, he went a step beyond by forming the Scientific Humanitarian Committee with publisher Max Sparr, who would be the first to publish an LGBT... He would publish uh, queer content. Uh, Lawyer and educator Uber... Lawyer, educator, I didn't write his last name. Oh, Edward Uber. Okay. And writer Franz Joseph von Bulo. The group was formed in the defense of all queer folk, gay, bi, lesbian, trans, everyone, into a repeal paragraph 175. 
an example the group gave for the need to repeal it was what we kind of mentioned before. It was basically a blackmail engine. Mm -hmm. uh, there was an, an entire criminal industry in blackmailing wealthy or thought to be wealthy gay men. And basically, you would hook up with a gay uh, a, a prostitute of the same gender. This is usually like a, man, a man's problem. Uh, you would just hook up with a male, male prostitute, and uh, he would just blackmail you. Most of the time, people would kill themselves instead of having to make blackmail payments or to be shamed because they would just. That's, they would still, dude, that's yeah. still going on. Like they, we had the whole Lady G thing happen here in DC, like at the beginning of the plague. There were all these like uh, male sex workers who were basically calling out Lindsey Graham. Yeah, that's right. And that's right. Not to mention Hastert. And, and Hastert got discovered he was course. still paying somebody out decades. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You got Jim Jordan still sitting. You got fucking Matt Gates who like transported underage women across and, yep, yeah. state lines. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah, this girls, is just like girls. Those are children. Those are children. Girls. Those yes. are not women. They are. They are children. Yeah. By the very law. By the very law. Yeah, I kind of hate it when they say that. Underage women to girls. <laughs> no, they're girls. They're girls. <laughs> that you know, <sighs> I know exactly what happened in my brain there. I know exactly what happened is that I didn't want to like demean or diminish them. Yes, and that was the wrong move. <laughs> no, I I heard no. the respect no, and deference right. you were trying to give these these victims of this horrible guy. Um, but yeah, let's <sighs> let's make no mistake about it. Them them they were kids. Mm. So I guess they just don't make blackmailers like they used to. Uh, <laughs> no. In fact, no, now it's online. One of the first films that dealt with gay issues like this. Was called... oh, we're going to talk about that. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm... Hell yeah. Oh, no problem. I love it. We're of the same mind on this and I'm very happy about it. Oh yeah, man. Like I went through all, I went through all of it. Cause it's like when I, when I found out that this like existed and he, and Hirschfeld played himself, yeah. he just appears in a fucking movie. Um, so, like the badasses they were, uh, the, their motto was justice through science. It was Hirschfeld's belief that the better scientific understanding of homosexuality, were, I mean, his science is, you know, for the time, but meh, uh, it would, but the reasoning makes sense, right? The idea is we have better scientific understanding of what it is to be gay. It would eliminate social uh, hostility towards queers. Yes. Which is, you know, they're trying. Yeah, I think it's just uh, ideally dis dispel myths and educate the populace and make it at least not as foreign and alien and hopefully more acceptable. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and prove to the world that love is really the center of it, right? That it's not right. it's not necessarily mm -hmm. any sort of aberration or pathology. It's a right. it's just another way that humans come. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and uh, even like I love it. Well, even in the you know super chill companionship, because like yeah. I have some very very dear gay friends that I love. Like we're we never got physical or anything, but it was still just like, ah, you're my homie, you know. Like I would totally. You never got physical, for you. wink. No, we did. I'm honest to God, no. But like we would hang out. <laughs> no, we we go to like drag night and shit, and they'd like. This is I a, miss this drag is a, nights. This is a true story. There was this fella I worked with at a, at a pizza shop when I was really young. I was like 16. And we, he was just a cool dude, but you could tell like, he was coming in hard. Like he'd come into work, and you'd be like, "Wow, he did a lot of blow last night." Like, <laughs> nice. But that he was boy. he was a G. Like he, he, you know, showed me what what was up in the kitchen and stuff. He's like, "Here's how to make pizza. Here's how to make wings." You know, and not hard, but it was like. So one night I go down to this place and they had a drag night, and he saw me there. He's like, "Oh, he's like, he's like, are you are you uh, are you gay?" 
And I was like, no, no, I'm just down here with a couple of buddies and stuff. It's, you know, the, 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 the drag night was like raising money for AIDS research. Nice. That's how long ago this was. So like, you know, we just went down there. They had like the who's quadrophrenia or whatever on the, on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Cause it was just, it was a like rear projection big screen TV. It wasn't like HD anything, you know what I mean? And then the show would start and they'd leave the movie on, but turn the sound off and they'd be lip sync into Elton John and stuff. And I went to go take a piss and my buddy comes in there. He's like, he's like, look, I'm only coming in here with you. So you don't get hit on. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's a thing though. That's really a but thing. No, it, it really like it, he had, you know, it's a, he's, he was my homie. Like, that's what's up. That's awesome. I didn't know that. That's super you know good. I, mean? I had a, cool. uh, a like, early in DC uh, gay bar experience where I, uh, surprise, surprise, as a theater kid, really like karaoke. And uh, <laughs> us as drunk interns would go get free drinks at this particular bar uh, if mm-hmm. we sang real pretty. And so we went and would usually get just shit canned from from well-meaning strangers who liked what they were hearing and maybe seeing. And so they would send us free drinks, but it was, it was kind of a slot plate of whatever you're going to drink. And so as one can imagine, I got really, really in my cups one night and stupid me not thinking about where I am. I said, Oh, this is all going to come up. I gotta, I gotta go to the bathroom. Mm. Uh, The bathroom at, an establishment like that is not a place for you to go and puke or do other, um, no. we say bathroom acts that aren't <laughs> urinal. Aren't fun. <laughs> the urinal might be free. Okay. Yeah. The urinal might be free, but every flat surface <laughs> or stall yeah. is going to be in play. Yeah. It's- so I, I, uh, I won't say that I ruined the night for a couple of real nice, people, <laughs> but, uh, they, they weren't excited about what was about to happen. <laughs> Please, this is a one in a million. You guys gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy's uh, like, "Wait, I'm into it." Uh, no, <laughs> not yeah. like that. Yeah. Not like that. No, uh, there, there, might so much there might be one. I'm not gonna. Hey, whatever. I was too southern <laughs> to destroy their evening, so I backed out and found a uh, empty beer pitcher, <laughs> and then I put a twenty underneath it because I felt that bad. Oh, that's yeah. uh, mighty kind yeah. of you. Yeah. Much like that bathroom stall it was all <laughs> it was all inclusive even to those, even to those gender uh, which was unusual for the time uh that you could just like yeah we're open to all genders even though even those with no fixed one or none which was mm. unique yeah to the time period yeah true. Mm-hmm. that was not, not on anyone's mind uh it leaned towards the idea that gay men were here's where we get into like the splintering uh, of their group and of like the thought of what it means to be gay. It leaned towards the idea that gay men were more quote unquote effeminate, that gay men possessed a woman's soul or inclination and gay women, a male soul or inclination that homosexuals were a type of quote third sex when sex and gender are fucked by the law being anything beyond straight becomes politics and the scientific humanitarian committee uh, politics were were like socialist humanitarian, like his third sex theory. This did not sit well with others. This this idea that like gay men are effeminate, right? Right. It's uh, it sounds like a straight guy who doesn't know how to dress the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's really 
weird coming from him, but like he was gay. I don't know. Like this, this is where we get like the most like nothing. There was no middle ground in Berlin, right? There right. was two. You have two extremes, and then you have everyone who was just like. I don't know. Voluptuous panic calls it libertarian, but that's not true. I think it's more like an apolitical. Like I just want to call myself whatever I call myself yeah. and be whatever I want to be, and that's yeah, it. Right. Yeah, it was more, I, yeah. I don't. I don't want to be defined, yeah. which I respect. You yeah. know, and like, but so like, if the humanitarian league is like the far left, the far right of what it means to be queer would be Adolf Brand, the creator of the first homosexual periodical in the world. They're edging. Which in itself is pretty dope. Like it published from 1896 to 1932. It published poetry, scholarly works, and various forms of literature. Uh, this would inspire others to publish queer zines because, again, free like ease and freedom of communication, mm. uh, and all that would be amazing if Brand didn't become a weird fuck. Mm, yeah. Mm. In 1903, the Scientific Humanitarian Committee had a split. Brand, who was a member, uh, had a vision of what it meant to be gay. Uh, saw homosexuality as uber masculine uh, with racially pure German men at the top with admiring boys. I emphasize boys yeah. below them with women at the bottom and twinks dead last. Wow. <laughs> That's an interesting ta- taxonomy. Brand. Okay. Yes. Yeah. My, my brain just rejected the last 37 words. You <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and uh, your brain should reject that because just the levels of misogyny ripping so off of that bullshit—it's it's self-hating to begin with. Because so you know, it, it made me think of the one time we went to Ocean City and it sucked. Yeah, because that was better. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, ah, that's funny. Like, here's the thing too: is like. Bram was considered himself an anarchist and there were other anarchists with this line of thinking. So it makes me feel as an anarchist, I feel really gross. Uh, so brand like other anarchists at the time, he wanted to see a return. Oh God. He wanted to see a return to Greek man, boy love. Yeah. Uh-huh. His mis- misogynistic u- racist uber masculine was popular with, but um, but um, People who would later become Nazis down the line. Because <laughs> no. uh, th- believe it or not, the Nazi party did have a left wing for, li- for a very short period of time. I can't even uh, imagine before, what that was. Very would look short like. left wing. Uh, <laughs> it was a little. Yes. Little, it was like yeah, the 99 cent wing feathers. night. Little scrawny. Well, you know, the dudes <laughs> that are super into their very shiny boots and Sam Brown belts yes. and really good haircuts and, you know, fucking other dudes. <laughs> but, you know. Imagine yeah. if. Closeting yourself so hard, it's like edging, but well, like psychological edging. Like the thing you want, like it, it's so much harder for me when I deny myself the thing I want most in the world. Kind of like that sort well, of weird. Well, you, yeah, because it into this at all. Like, it does, does because yeah. closeting breaks people. Living I, living yeah. inauthentically d- does horrible things to people's yeah. self-image. It does horrible things to just the way they view the world. It it really is a detriment, and I can't stress that enough. And yep. uh, really risky sex practices often stem out of that self-hatred. Yeah. You know, uh, okay. it's it, it's a really ugly Leviathan that just keeps eating its own tail. 
yeah, like, like this honestly, is like the, the closest like analog I have to this in my life was the summer I worked at a Walmart and before like the shift started, like before the store opened, we would all have to gather around with the manager and then they would have us like try to fucking sing a song and shit. Yeah. So I would like do that thing like when you pray in church, but you just move your lips mm-hmm. like make noise it was like that kind of stuff and then like somebody would comment on it you know like hey i didn't hear you today i really enjoy that you, you know, made like- a parallel to walmart that one time in nazi germany <laughs> yeah it really raises the stakes but it's mm-hmm. like i'm not that fucking guy yeah. i'm not going yeah. to sing your goddamn yeah. walmart song at 759 right yeah i agree with you like like that is a hundred percent Right. Like it does. It ruins you. And like when I look at Brand, right, when I looked into like his life and like because he started out as just someone who identified as gay and like, okay, you read a few books and pamphlets from like weird pedophile other anarchists. And I'm like, I think Brand was just a pedophile. Yeah. Yeah. And and using using his position in the homosexual circles to legitimize that. And we're seeing that uber boogeyman figure over and over and over again in history yeah oh yeah no alex jones still tries to add the uh the the p you know yeah to the end of lgbtq like they're they're trying to because they don't fucking understand consent (laughs) that's 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 a big difference between these things you know what i mean it's not like like this like woman hating uber masculine dude doesn't exist still because that right. they totally do. Yeah, they're sure. proud boys. Like <laughs> one of them is in yeah. jail in Croatia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he got out. But like Brand, or Romania. Is, yeah, I, like I fucking hate Brand oh, no just because of how much damage historically he did, yeah. Yeah. and like how much that resonates throughout time. Because there are still people who think, oh, gay equals pedophile. Right. You know. Right. It's a, so, it's a horrifying connection that we cannot get rid of. I know. Mm-hmm. Like I can't. I can't fathom it. So like. Brand, he'd retire in his 30s. He'd marry a woman and he would just retire. Uh, he would get got by a, an allied bomb raid in 1945. Just bomb, just landed right on him. And okay, points. Atomized his ass at 70 years old. So, uh, is a bright side to widespread civilian bombing. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be said. I wanted to feel good about that, damn it. <laughs> Not the ally, not not the carpet bombing. I just wanted to feel good about the fact that he fucking. Okay, got okay. I feel good about that particular bomb. Yes. <laughs> okay. That particular. Maybe bomb. we shouldn't. Have, I mean, I don't know. Berlin was kind of weird at the time. Maybe it should have been bombed into powder. But anyway. <laughs> besides this, divi- I'm moving right along. Uh, besides, <laughs> don't want to think about what I just said anymore. <laughs> besides this division, uh, the gay science Avengers kept on going. Uh, in 1909, Hirschfeld uh, teamed up with feminist, pacifist, and gender activist Helen, St- uh, I'm sorry, like Stalker? Stoker? The O has umlauts. Stoker. Stoker. Helen Stoker to prevent women from being, he teamed up with her to prevent women from being included in Article 175. Following her philosophy called New Ethics, which advocated equality for illegitimate children, legalization of abortion, and, and sexual education, uh, she successfully lobbied for us uh, lesbian love to not be criminalized. Okay, uh, that's one of the big reasons why. Besides all the weird bullshit male gazy kind of stuff of why women weren't included in one seven five, she has mm-hmm. a large hand in it. Which may we're going to talk a little bit of like how fucking awesome that was. Not going to lie, I copped to the male gaze of that. <laughs> Sorry, what? That's it's 
Oh, always liked it. Sorry. See it in a Moving movie. Moving on. Super hot. <laughs> the same. Well, we're learning things today. We are learning things today. <laughs> we are. During World War One, many queers, like our friend Otto from last episode, uh, with his buddy behind the latrine. Hello. Uh, <laughs> he joined the Imperial Army. Gay people joined the Imperial Army and Navy. Uh, it was reported that more than half of the uh, members of the Humanitarian League were in the military. During the war, there wasn't much organizing, but Hirschfeld was... Uh, he was pro-war at the start, which is interesting. Mm. Uh, this quickly turned into a pacifist stance as the war grinded on. Mm. Uh, in 1915, he published Wa mo hassen und die Volker? Why do other nations hate us? <laughs> Is it for our freedom? I need to read this. Yes, actually. Good where to start he with a question. Knew it. Knew it. Yes, he answers he answers that question by saying Germany was just too awesome and other countries were jealous. <laughs> you see? Uh, wow. So you were right, yeah. Oh man, that's it was wow. really like uber nationalist and it largely is seen historically as Hirschfeld grasping at being a quote unquote true German. Yeah. Because Where's the as- method in the story. I'm well, curious. here's the th- here's the thing. As a Jewish queer person, yeah. he would not underline a few times not have been seen as a quote unquote true German, and he knew that. Yes. Ooh. So he was like a little overreach here, a little over. Yeah. It, well, kinda, it's like, thought historically that he took his his ultra patriotism stance because it would help break down prejudice. Quote: We are just as patriotic as you. Kind of uh, thinking. Yes. So even while he's doing the good thing, because he's so closeted, it's starting to break him. Yeah, it was definitely a conflict source in his life for sure. But I, mm-hmm. I, okay. I definitely agree with this is identity politics and posturing to mm. get people to trust him. You know? Yes, so because if you were not a, um, uh, if you weren't down with the imperial German sentiment of the time, you were not trustworthy, and especially right. for a Jewish physician to exist in that space he probably mm-hmm. had to do a couple of couple of roles mm-hmm. you know? yeah mm-hmm. well by uh, 1916 he gave up on that yeah. and called for a total end of the war yeah uh now we're back to 1919 we have returned uh the war is over inflation is looming what's hirschfeld doing making movies <laughs> really yeah uh, he co- yeah, no, this, okay, is, okay. this is really interesting. Uh, he co-wrote and acted in the film Anders als die Amborn, uh, different from the others. Hmm, okay. Uh, the actor Conrad Veidt played the first gay character in cinema. Yep. Holy shit. He's great. Yeah, what is do, this, do you, they know, got a do you know about it? I, I don't know too much about him. Oh, yeah. Conrad Veidt was a massive movie star in the German expressionist movement. If you've ever seen okay. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari... He is yes. Cesare. He's the somnambulist. Um, oh, he's he okay. is that that figure with the the wide vacant eyes that is um, sort of puppeted into murder. Um, he was uh-huh. also in a film called The Man Who Laughs. Uh, and oh yes. his That's image. The Joker. Yes, exactly. His image was used as the prototype for the Joker. But oh, okay. Conrad Veidt himself was a pretty amazing performer but he was also a out bisexual um Mm. he he dated anybody and enjoyed life to the fullest um 
And his appearance in this film is remarkable for a number of reasons. One, it happened. Let's just start there. That's pretty amazing. (laughs) And the fact that he was a movie star of of massive talent and, and just that he was a star in this Mm -hmm. film portraying a homosexual man who is uh, bearing the brunt of a blackmail scenario um, yes. Mm. And he was portraying this character sympathetically is mm. kind of amazing. Now the film does not end well because uh, you know, there are just certain things you, you gotta, you gotta get it made mm. and you gotta give it to him. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which sucks. I mean, we're, I think just now getting to the point in media where we can tell queer centered stories that don't have to end horribly, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Cause the main character, yeah. uh, the character that he's playing, he kills himself yeah. after his life is destroyed by a blackmail. And this is where like Hirschfeld was, Hirschfeld was playing himself as a doctor. Yeah. Like he was the character's doctor and he, uh, he was being the doctor to the main character and his lover, who was also, who had a dialogue. Hirschfeld had a dialogue, dialogue card that said, quote, the perception of homosexuals belongs to to the same sad chapter of history in which the persecution of witches and heretics is inscribed. Mm. Correct. Like, yeah. So, like, mm. he was very pro-gay. It was incredible. It was even made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just incredible that this dude was just next to, like, movie stars and shit. So, 6th six, six of July, 1919. Uh, oh. <laughs> Institute... Okay, hold on. Uh, I, this, Institute... I half the joy of this episode is going to be you trying to pronounce Institute for yes. Sexual Gewissenschaft? What he That's said. Cool. Yeah, they're good. Is founded. <laughs> Hirschfeld bought a villa uh, for <clears throat> next to the Reichstag building. Okay. And set up an institute to provide not only so- somewhere to have him- to live himself, but to house his massive archives and library on sexuality, and oh, to also uh, provide education, medical services, and jobs for gay and trans people who needed help during the worst of the mega inflation. Hmm. He would literally like rent rooms. Rent, bleh, he would literally like rent rooms to people. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it would become world famous and a haven for transgender people. Uh, he offered shelter, medical aid, work, usually often like menial stuff like as a maid. And you said this uh, is right next door to the Reichstag. Oh, yeah. I imagine he did that very much on purpose. <laughs> oh, man. That's look, that's a strategy yeah. where you just try to get next to the monster. <laughs> and then like maybe they just keep walking by you because you've been there too long. And they're like, hey, we're not. Gonna oh, it's a, it's a great move. I love it. <laughs> Like, but it's also terrifying. It's a great move for a while fucking, because they know right. where you are. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, whole thing is portrayed Institute. pretty well in the, uh, the one of the seasons of Transgender, that show. They go back in time to one of the ancestors and she oh. lived in this house. Transparent. Oh, Transparent. That's show. Sorry, that's the one. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, that's all right. It's, you know, you got the subject, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I would like to see a show just called Transgender. Yeah. At least it's. I can give it to you. It's my whole fucking life. Um, the interesting, <laughs> interesting point on that show is they sort of portray the Institute as kind of like this constant party. And that mm-hmm. that's based off of one image that's very famous of, in fact, a fancy dress party that they had. Because 
you as a human being need to do things that are just fun yeah. for mm-hmm. no other reason other than fun. But it was right. a legitimate medical facility. And mm-hmm. while he was doing things that are, I would consider philanthropic by employing people. He was also, he had a gynecologist on staff. He had yes. plenty of other people. It wasn't just him. There were, there were teams right. of physicians that were there working all for the greater good. He had a pair of Victrolas up on the platform. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Otto and Heinrich were cranking out the tool. <laughs> <laughs> But only on Wednesdays from the hours of 3 p.m. to 6. Mm. Right. Yeah. It was the slowest time. Yeah. Yeah. So, unfortunately, uh, I really hate that, like, you have to, I have to transition from that to this. Uh, the Institute will be sacked by the Nazis in 1933. Mm-hmm. Uh, burning all of its research the same year. We've probably, we've all probably seen this picture in a history book. Yeah. Uh, they actually took a picture of it. Uh, Hirschfeld would live in exile ending up in Nice, France, where he would die at the age of 63. Uh, there's so much more to his life that I like half this episode was just talking about him. There's so much more like after his exile, yeah. like he did mm. many other things after losing uh, the Institute, but he got out. He, but he got out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the, just to wrap up on him, because I think his, uh, his escape story is fascinating. He got a seemingly random grant to go and do sort of a grand tour of the world with speaking engagements and other research opportunities. And it got him out just right in the nick of time. But the trouble was uh, his lover, Carl Giza was, was left and this poor man. Yeah. And Oh my God. Carl had to, get out when whenever he possibly could and take as as much with him as he could but he um he succumbed to suicide um oh. rather than be captured the another interesting thing um that is just it's cinematic in the way that it is heartbreaking is um Magnus Hirschfeld saw a newsreel from France like he was in France at the time and the newsreel was from back home and he was literally watching his life's work go up in flames because they were sacking oh. his institute and carrying out the mm-hmm. bronze bust of him down into the street um, mm. as, as an effigy. It's, it's wild. Like they did so much like smear stuff too. like in the back of a voluptuous panic, they have a very short chapter on what Nazis thought was sexy and they have two pages of Essentially, a a children's comic. I don't know how well circulated it was, but I tried to depict Hirschfeld as a pedophile, yeah, mm. um, like a Jewish caricature, right? And like they That's, really went at they really went at him. That has always been the fucking tactic. It, always, it, it always is. And another another thing that I find very fascinating about his life is that before he died, he was planning on leaving everything, all of his research to not only mm-hmm. Carl Giza, who was his most long, long lasting relationship, but also his, his second long lasting relationship was with another physician named Lee Shu Tong. And he lived, mm-hmm. uh, he, he was Chinese and he eventually moved to Canada where mm-hmm. 
he lived out the rest of his life holding on to the last vestiges of Hirschfeld's work because he was oh, he was trying to continue the research. And it seems very clear that they not only had a teacher student relationship, but they they had a, a real legitimate love for each other as well. So he, mm. he lived out the rest of his life. That's absolutely uh, fascinating yeah. story right there. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the stories yeah. we need to see. Yeah. Yeah. Human, it's human like a, story. The ultimate game of relay. Yeah. Where were, the, where were these movies? But with fire. <laughs> like, the, oh, Jesus. Fuck. Yeah. That's so, yeah, that There needs like, to be a, is there a film about this? Yeah, movie? there's not. And there really should be. Um, yes. Because sh- absolutely, shadows of him have shown up in every uh, <laughs> German-accented sexual therapist trope that you've yeah. ever seen, you know. <laughs> yeah. And also yeah. in the in the sort of um, permissive German sexy time trope that we often mm-hmm. see, and I am in fact indulging in doing my little auto voice for this this podcast. Um, he's- <laughs> He's uh, a ghost there in in part of that. Mm. Yeah, I, I really hate like ending his story on a bummer, but it was, and it's yeah. extremely tragic. And uh, I would like that not to happen again. So mm-hmm. uh, punch a Nazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, it's always ethical. <laughs> it's always ethical. So Weimar, the nineteen twenties. We're back in Berlin, or as English uh, English queer writer Christopher Isherwood Isherwood said. Berlin means boys. <laughs> I have always thought that. No, Don't I, say um, it. You, no, you did. I'm gonna stop. Despite one, <laughs> despite, despite one seven. I love it too because, like, it, we're we go into like slang a little bit. Like, gay people sometimes call themselves one seven fivers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. like, di- so like, despite one seven five, Berlin had a gigantic gay culture. Mm. Hirschfeld and his partner, who you know, you mentioned Carl Geis. Uh, was that is that, is that how I pronounce it? Geis, Geisa, Giza. I, I think it's probably Giza, Giza, yeah. like Carl Giza. Uh, they were even known couple in the gay scene, uh, despite Hirschfeld's very obviously closeted nature. Uh, with Hirschfeld getting the nickname, maybe you could help help me with the pronunciation. Is it Tante Magnesia? Tante Magnesia. Tanta is your aunt. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the only thing I could find on Magnesia was it was like Greek current, like old Greek currency. Well, I, coinage. I, I think it was just a, a, a pet version of Magnus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so yeah, they, like if someone, it wasn't like magnesium, like milk and magnesium, like you don't have a tummy ache. No, more. I don't, no, I looked, I looked, I don't I looked think, so. I don't okay. think it's more like that. I think um, I'm reaching. it's, it's easy to, to sort of friendly up German names in, in a, pet way like if someone's name is wolf wolfie wolfrol things things uh, like that to make him a little little friendlier right right okay so basically who's auntie magnus yeah okay which is fucking huh. adorable that's, so a, had that's him. a comic book right there <laughs> no kidding for sure please someone make it happen. there's a great comic book about this time period called berlin um, by a guy named Jason Lutz, and it, it's quite good. I think there's three graphic novels, and it it okay. sort of mm. it touches on a lot of the things that we've discussed between the last episode and this one. <clears throat> right. Okay, I'll look that up later. That sounds cool. Yeah, but buying a lot of comics. <laughs> so you had you had Auntie Magnus, you had Adolf Brand and his uber macho women hating pedo shit. Uh, you had Hirschfeld and humanitarian third sex, and then you had everyone else. 
who mm-hmm. formed the vast majority of Berlin's gay men and women. Uh, publishing uh, what were essentially zines, some open, some coded, uh, various su- on various subjects ranging from poetry to quote-unquote massages. <laughs> Berlin had a gay culture we could that's would be very recognizable to ours today or anywhere, really. Mm. Like, it's... It, it's kind of like how a gay bar is really just a bar that gay people go to, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like it's just a bar. We drink here, you know, occasionally bathroom things occur. <laughs> boys like Town story. <laughs> boys, <laughs> no, like boys town in Chicago. Like it's just, I miss, uh, shit, I, it's, it's one street over from Wrigleyville. Like I uh, miss boys town. It's not the way it used to be when the last time I visited. Um, no, but they the, still had that. There was that one toy store that had an excellent selection of action. Figures. <laughs> Yeah, but if I'm not like walking down the street and getting hit on by like everyone, it's not the same. And it wasn't. <laughs> no, I was getting hit on in Wrigleyville. I think it's just a lot of crossover. Yeah, I, I think that's the right was. timing of it. I miss the important, Boys Town. I miss Boys important Town. thing to remember about these bars is that these were people just living their lives. Yeah. We're going to put on a yeah. show because it's going to be fun and we need to have a cabaret tonight. Let's do it. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. It's a, it's like like today's gay scene of Twinks, Bears, and Leather Daddies. Uh, there were names for Berlin's various types of queers. Oh, yes. Which we will now get into. Sweet. We had androgyny uh, and bleh, androgynes, highly refined male homosexuals and distinct feminine features, often recognized with plucked eyebrows, belladonna eyes, face-powdered lipstick, and heavy use of perfume. Uh, we had aunties who no relation to auntie magnus aunties were older larger framed gay men usually cross-dressers uh although not trans probably usually just cross-dressers not really sure the again definitions get a little wibbly wobbly at this time period considering like trans was a new term sure it was Uh, because we had just discovered that there was a human sex hormone in 1919 mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like it was, yeah. it was still in terms of actual medical treatment, it, it was very early and very uh, broad strokes mm-hmm. and kind of the Wild West in terms of, I don't know, try it. Yeah, Plus, I like, mean, in the scene, too, it's not like you ever arrive at the scene being like, well, I've got this all figured out now. Like, it's you're still going to yeah. be moving yeah, between you know, you will like in everything for the rest of your and life. It is it you is know? uh to it is worth noting that there are plenty of historical accounts of people who with our modern lens, we would definitely category as trans people, mm-hmm. trans men and right. trans women. Um, yeah. And plenty of people that we would categorize as non-binary, but these folks have existed without medical intervention for ever since there have been humans. There have been people who just, this is how they are. Yeah, yeah like, that's why there's no real terminology or, or concept. You well, know, people like, resisted terminology, like like right. these <laughs> definitions we're about to talk about. It's like people just wanted to, like they didn't want it because also because it was a lot a big political bent to it too, yeah, which exactly. still is to this day. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of people, like you said, Eric. Uh, they were just doing this forever. They were doing their own thing, and they're like, "No, I don't want a definition," <laughs> you know. <laughs> which you know, again, I respect that. So we had bad boys, mostly twenty year olds who traveled in packs of six to eight. Often costumed okay. in garish leather fetish outfits. <laughs> yeah. Did they step in time and then they snap their fingers while they were walking? No, it's the riding crops. Ah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I knew they, they'd have to be making a rhythmic sound. Yes, of course. Just, it's required. Yo, yeah. It's required. We had boobies, handsome, well-built, working-class men. Uh, we had. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these names. 
We had, which sounds more like an, a, something you would just call someone affectionately when you found out. It Braslas is just men with a, a guy with a big mm. dick. Oh, oh, cool. All right. It's uh, named after the German city. Writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> you had cellar masters who were top men. Let's wait. Hold on. Cellar. Yeah. Cellar, like a cellar, like a basement, but they were top. Like, like but they were top. Like a dungeon yeah. master. Exactly. But not like in the oh. really nice sense. You know, like in the. Could no. be. I mean, he could. Dungeon is a broad term in the U.S., but in Europe, they're very specific. This is a cellar master, not yes. a dungeon master. But now, <laughs> so if you ha- if you have a basement, would this be a sub basement, or, or would I mean, you, you just could turn a room in the basement to it? You could call Whoa. him a mounter. <laughs> wow. You could Let's call him go. a young buck. Ride on a cowboy. Hell yeah. <laughs> you had coolies. Uh, it's from the Hindi, referring to a low working caste. Yeah, that uh, means something way fucking different in yeah. California, circa 18 something. Yes. Uh, older, they're older gymnasium or university students who hired line boys. Line boys are male w- male prostitutes. Uh, right. Frequently claimed to be straight. Okay. Uh, I mean, you had do- well, yeah. There's a fantasy yeah. element to yeah. that as well. Yeah. yeah. I could, yeah. So you had doll boys. Uh, they were the youngest gay hustlers. They're basically, ch- they're essentially children. They're literally children. Uh, virtually I, penniless. I, this is less of like, it was a gay type because it was so prevalent because like, dude, everyone was starving after the inflation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk more about that next episode. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. would be like a more kind of, like yeah. Kinda. We're, we're going to talk about yeah. more of like how everyone had to basically prostitute themselves next episode. But essentially it's like, Boy prostitutes. Uh, I'm just thinking, like the plague hit and OnlyFans exploded. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> pretty no much, yeah. Except this is the darkest right. version of that. Yes, right, right. Uh, kitty receivers, bottom men. Uh, mm. uh, ladies, male transvestites. Okay. That could get so confusing. Line boy. Man, yeah, line boys. They're basically our avenue boys or game boys. Uh, they're basically male prostitutes. Game boy, game boys, huh? nice. Game boy, wow. yeah. 3DS. So, like, the old site of army officers picking up teenage line boys around Berlin was replaced with, like, a completely different wardrobe. Because in Germany, like, you had to look apart. It was illegal to solicit sex publicly. Like, you couldn't just say, yo, I'll suck your dick for 20 bucks. Uh... Uh, you had to look like what you were. So the sailor blouse and cap uh, became, like, the... Uni- the Donald the, it, Duck... It be- Yes, the Donald Duck yeah. became became the uniform of of uh, gay men. Mm. Uh, young and- shout out to the Discord for uh, um, oh god, who 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 pointed that out? Yeah, that that fucked me up when I saw it because I'm like, god damn it, because I showed you that like picture. this entire time we could have been fucking talking about this. Yeah. Who, who was that? That was uh, someone should tell Daisy. <laughs> I, I know his real name on Twitter. Now I can't remember his username on this. This is, pisses me off. Anyway, continue, and I'll, I mean, I'll come sense. back with it made, the shout out. It made sense at the time because, like, it, only like basically like homeless dudes who had their face blown off wore like the uh, uniform of the old empire. No one wore the navy blues. Like young middle aged young to middle aged men wore them as uh, straight people didn't. And mm. it was a Wilhelmian callback to adolescent androgyny, right? Because they used to dress their, mm. their little boys like that, their little boy girls. Yeah, like it showed anyone, like any, it showed that basically anyone could do this, and it was uh, like, and it was, it was visually it was, identifying. I'm sorry, it was a uh, mech quake. I didn't want to out you on Twitter. 
So like, that's <laughs> uh, that's why it took me a second to do that. So yeah, again, Mecha Quake. Thank you for the uh, Donald Duck thing that broke my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was wild. one of one of the trying other, to picture the sailors. That's what they look like. One of the other things to bring up is that in the reformation <laughs> of the penal code, raising the uh, age of consent for homosexual male sex was was a part of that. And, I was and, I was literally like please go on because oh, okay. I was looking for this. Damn, I I'm so sorry. I'm I'm scooping you. I'm so sorry about that. Um, no, I was looking for this everywhere and you could imagine how weird it is to search for age of consent in Weimar Germany 1920s. <laughs> well, this yeah, Clippy comes up and is like, "Are you a libertarian?" <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. no. Well, this, this brings us back to to Hirschfeld again. He he mm. was a big proponent of raising the age of consent across the board from yeah. 14 to Whoa. Jesus Christ to 16 which granted that was a big Ooh. step for the time but yeah. uh, one of uh, one of the things that kind of splintered the the gay community that was trying to fight the penal code was that um, the government came back with okay well we'll raise the the age on consensual sex between men to 21 but you you cannot be a sex worker we, that is still criminalized you can have sex as long as no one is around and it's consensual fine do what you do but mm-hmm. you cannot accept you money can, for that that is still a crime you can, would you call that don't ask don't sell leave it's one hey there you go there you go that's a that's a snappy <laughs> soundbite for that but it, it really splintered a lot of the community because a lot of folks were sex workers or were supporting sex workers. And it was one of the few avenues that people could really, um, yeah. you know, get some money. It was a problem. Yeah. Major problem. I, the idea of what it, what it was to be an adult was very different back in the day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, wouldn't they just tax it? Like, I mean, I think, isn't the beef. Uh, they, they did actually, uh, uh, we'll get into it when we get into crime next app. I keep saying that, sure. but like um, all yeah. these things kind of interlap. Oh no, yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like uh, you could be a female prostitute. If you uh, were legal, there was like, I think around 8,000 something legal prostitutes, but there, everyone was basically a prostitute because again, it's easy money, you know? Yeah. It, it, it was rough. Like you couldn't afford bread for a while. People were desperate. What if you like had, yes, what did it just drop off cans of soup and shit? <laughs> I mean, what? that was it. That desperate? Like, could they, was it always money, or were they able to like hear? Well, the inflation food? was so bad that there are photographs of children playing with blocks, but you realize it's it's <laughs> Deutschmarks money. Yeah, yeah, Holy shit. Like it's bricks of it, cash. It was, it was ultimately useless for the most part. If you're taking a wheelbarrow full of marks to get some, bread, get some bread, it it ain't right. it ain't working. Yep. So <sighs> yeah, it was rough. So. Unlike their lesbian counterparts, uh, Berlin's gay community was uh, invisible during the day. Uh, they would organize events like theater, bowling leagues, stamp collecting, poetry reading were mostly closed doors affair, closed door affairs. Mm. The, the big public stuff were all night events or were traditionally set, set together. Unlike the lesbian community and the groups we just talked about, gay men didn't belong. Uh, they defied description and they did their own thing. Mm. Uh, less than 10% belong to all male clubs. Largely, this is probably due to 175 and the fear of being exposed. Yeah. It really prevented people from like organizing things. 
I don't, be, the, I, don't, I don't be liking having my name on a roster hmm. either. Yeah, no, no one does. Uh, despite this, there were about 65 to 80 uh, meetup places for exclusive or mix of gay, lesbian, straight, or trans patrons. Anywhere like restaurant back rooms, unlicensed criminal dives, lounges, or more upbeat establishments could be considered meeting places. So, mm. again, love finds a way. People will find a way to hang out, regardless mm-hmm. of what happens. Yeah. Which is like law in general, really. People will find a way to do the thing, especially when it's just, you know, you just want to live your fucking life. Like, this is literally like, I, I say like criminal dives, and I'm sure that was the case because, you know, some liquor was regulated. But like, people would just find a way to love each other and hang out. Like, it's not a seedy place. It's just, this is where I go to drink, and there's gay people here. Well, and I can't, no, one, no one, one can afford the Ritz, you know? Like, you right. you go to the venue that you can afford, and then you, yep. you mm-hmm. make it something grand. Yeah. Exactly. And it's that, it's that Princess Leia thing where she's like, it, the first Star Wars. It's, it's, fuck Star Wars. But, like, this one line always stuck with me since I was, like, two years old where she says to Vader, like, the tighter you squeeze your fist, the more vessels slip through your fingers, basically. Yeah. And if I didn't quote that exactly, fuck you, guys. So, but <laughs> well, you point, got it pretty dang close. That's pretty good. The point, yeah, the point is that it always works like that. You can't seal anything. No one can ever. That's why we still have Nazis. Well, <laughs> you know, like it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's also why it's the very punk uh, mindset of being able to like make something beautiful from literally nothing. Yes. From right. minimal resor- resources. Made One of our credos. Entire culture of incredible art and beauty and theater and everything. And uh, mm-hmm. Do your thing. Uh, be gay. Do crimes. Uh, yeah. In, in 1917, uh, the gender. Po- now we're going to shift and talk about the uh, the ladies in 1917 the gender politics had shifted during the war years mm-hmm. while uh germans male population was being fed into a machine gun into uh, machine gun fire its female population picked up the slack in the workforce doing clerk jobs in government and after the war publishing entertainment manufacturing faction advertising commerce and yeah. education all these roles traditionally held by men and much like otto and his very good friend on the front line Gertha, when not shooting royalists in the face, also had a very good friend. Uh, Turn of the century Paris was uh, the mecca of same-sex female clubs and culture. French fashion, French slang, mixed mixed with, like, Apache for some reason. Uh, And, like, basically Parisian ideas of female beauty dominated lesbian culture for a while. Okay. Uh, But after the war... War, after the war, the revolt, you know, Gertha shooting some monarchs in the face and uh, the financial collapse. By 1924, Berlin became lesbians, quote unquote, El Dorado. Also, trans people's, quote unquote, El Dorado. Uh, okay. Much like their male counterparts, Berlin's lesbian population was fucking huge. And because being a lesbian wasn't illegal in Germany, everything was also everything was dirt cheap if you had money from literally anywhere else in the world. Yeah, so people mm-hmm. from wealthy families in other cities and other places in Europe where this was not like looked well upon would take up residence yeah, and go study. You, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you just go to Berlin. Exactly. Yeah, you would just go there because your money le- stretched real far and uh, it wasn't illegal to be, be yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the huge culture like quickly established and uh, women had wanted to, women who wanted to live the way they wanted migrated there. The culture was very open, uh, unlike Paris, which hid away its clubs. 
uh, Paris's lesbian population only reached like 5,000 at its like height. Uh, thanks to magazine subscriptions and club memberships, because this shit was all written down. Berlin's population was probably around 85,000, but was probably way higher because sexuality. Yeah. That's just what was written down. Yeah. Yeah. That was what was written down. But we have a much better idea because it was written down. Unlike say the gay culture, which things were a little bit more uh, difficult. And you can still see it was written down. They were burnt. Yeah. The honest that too. And, and you can still see examples of, uh, show bills for women's only reviews and uh, yeah. you can see fashion plates referred to as de neue Frauen because uh, I'm particularly think of uh, an illustration of a collegiate aged female bodied person with lopped hair, really short, wearing a mm-hmm. man's suit jacket and mm-hmm. just a, a plain, not even a line, just flat skirt. And she's walking around with as much swagger as the men in the illustration. <laughs> and that would have been in magazines and people would have seen it. And whatever they thought about yeah, it in the it, publication, there's someone out there that said, oh, who is she? Well, if you saw the, the Robert Palmer video for Simply Irresistible, <laughs> I think, isn't that it? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's this is a wildly popular style that is still yeah. getting mm-hmm. brought back today because it, oh yeah uh, trinity in in the matrix totally totally you know well, actually, like, yeah. yeah there was actually a word for it i think it applied mostly to straight women but who like sexuality is fluid who gives a fuck it was called a girl culture culture with a k because it's german uh-huh. girl you said girl culture yes uh-huh. uh it was like it was um americans flapper kind of like right the, ah. the look yeah. like everything like that shellac mu- down hair it, it like, migrated over to berlin and transmutated in fact louise know. brooks was really like the it girl that made that look popular and she was a film star right. but she was an american living in berlin so mm-hmm. that's that's why you see evidence of her in every cabaret musical that you see mm. ever like her archetype sort of morphed into Sally Bowles. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like um, it, there was a lot of star worship in like the lesbian community. It was really, it, it it's brought up a few times. Really interesting. So like men, uh, every social class was represented. Uh, they had their own types such as uh, again, boobies, uh, masculine or butch women often wore male clothing, especially fedoras and leather ties. Uh, they're usually recognized by their long leather coats in winter and ubiquitous cigars. Uh, dodos, uh, tuxedoed, sophisticated power ladies, uh, usually identified by their immaculate, quaff, dark, curly hair. Power lady, I like that. <laughs> uh, gamines, pert, saucy femmes, usually attired in exaggerated French street urchin clothing when clubbing. Okay. Go- raver? Like a raver? Yeah, big Might wide well pants. Be. I can see it right now. Yeah, it's it's a more romantic sort of view rather than a raver. But yeah, 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 yeah. Culottes Mm. for sure. Uh, Here's one I'm probably going to butcher. Garçons. (laughs) Garçons, yeah. Uh, Garçons, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, young women with, uh, I don't know what this is, Bobikov haircuts and shaved pencils and eyebrows. It's that short bobbed hair. That okay. if you if you style it one way, it could look very femme, but if you style it another way, it looks extremely masculine. And uh-huh. we have to think about it this way. Uh, in prior to World War One, long hair was the only thing for women. The mm-hmm. only way that you were supposed to look. 
So Fuck. cutting off the hair after taking on more masculine quote unquote roles in society um, was both a practical need because you suddenly have women working in manufacturing mm-hmm. and right. long hair will definitely get your head ripped off in a machine. Um, yep. And also it's, it's a one step of body autonomy that was suddenly hmm. socially acceptable in a lot of circles. It, it wasn't universally accepted and people made fun of these women mercilessly. Like the old guard will use shame every possible way that they can to keep people down. Right. Hmm. So mm-hmm. uh, even, yeah, even well, today when people make fun of uh, film stars who cut their hair and, oh, and yeah. suddenly take on a more quote unquote boyish or masculine look, uh, mm-hmm. we've all known a friend who cut off her hair and then got shamed for it. Like we've all known that and it was no different in this time period. Huh. Well, sucks, you know what? I like it. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I've always been a fan. People look good. Yeah. People look good. Alien three. yo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Fuck the haters because garçons, uh, there were men's clothing and they had their own weekly magazine of the same name yep. whose motto was for friendship, love and sexual enlightenment. Yeah. Right on. So the haters can go fuck themselves. Uh, girlfriends was literally a generic term for a lesbian. Yep. Also, mm-hmm. my favorite one, the alternate to this is Hot Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, didn't they put an album out? Wasn't it like, I don't feel like dancing? No, that was Scissors. <laughs> oh, and somehow that's worse. <laughs> yeah. In this yeah, yeah you, you, yep. Mm-hmm. We're better. You're, depending. You brought it up. Yeah. Good one. Uh, you had Gognets uh, from Fresh Underworld, French Underworld Argot. Uh, they're just expensive lesbian prostitutes. Uh, they would appeal to both genders. They were found mm-hmm. in many lesbian clubs and to- and fancy tourist hotels. Also, a lot of fancy tourist lesbian clubs. There was a lot of tourism in lesbian oh, clubs. Yeah. Which we're yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which what were the ones I, called that played billiards and would like totally take you for every fucking dollar you brought? Like that one just south. I think of that would just be West Rogers the, Park. I think that would be the type sharpers, sexually aggressive but refined and socially well positioned boobies. Characterized by their androgynous Diana features. They're real fun to drink with, but they will fucking rock you with pool. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're also known as scorpions. Uh, that's from the, because, you know, prior to all this, there was like negative depictions of lesbians. And the scorpion was the one that would appear in like pulps of like the dangerous man-hating femme. Yeah. Mm. So this kind of inspired lesbians to like, well, I could also do that. And <laughs> that became like a subclass of. Of later. Sure. There was also a, a, a book called The Scorpion. Yes. About yes. A, yes, a, yes, yes. A female on female relationship. And it was. Yes. Yeah. Just came shorthand. But I would say that mm. uh, the famous image of Marlena Dietrich in her tuxedo uh, mm-hmm. is definitely emblematic of a garçon look. And she, she rocked that shit all over the place. In fact, I saw her very top hat. When I was in Berlin, it's uh, it's in the German Cinema Museum. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. So it's like certain in this context, like certain types only dated other types of of lady. Uh, there were many quote unquote girlfriends. There were social clubs. Uh, some organized outdoor sporting events, book readings, or lavish balls and dances. Uh, like their male male counterparts, lesbians had a culture uh, that explored what it meant to be gay like the ladies club Violetta, a lesbian club of 400 members who fought for all lesbian rights and which was uncommon female trans people. 
very mm. uncommon. Uh, Still uncommon today. Yeah. I would have yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. fucking wild. I still don't get that. I can't, I don't get like, I don't get women hating trans. It, well, the, the turf argument is shaky at best, but because it has some very popular people behind it, it gains a lot of traction. <sighs> but it, it's ultimately the same kind of self-hating bullshit. It really is. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Like, this is why, like, there were so many other clubs I could have talked about, but, like, Lady Club Violetta is the one that, like, really stood out to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it was critical of the emphasis on physical appearance, like, sex appeal, It was all, which was, like, often co-opted by tourists for the male gaze. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the quote-unquote cult of stardom, kind of like what you said with uh, Dietrich, like, there was a big, like, stardom worship mm-hmm. in the lesbian community at the time, and many clubs had... um female lesbians such as like it was just were like people basically becoming lesbians because of actresses which you know you know all right uh, yeah Uh well you know there's there's still that argument happening today about uh um you know uh people getting wrapped up in a movement let's put it that way and I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's yet another way to shame people and yep um you know get them not exploring their sexuality because hmm. yeah. you're easier to control they when you're not exploring yourself. Yeah. They yeah, want to be as unhappy as they are. Yeah. The thought we're in the era of the thought killing cliche. Like that's True. just, we're, we're finally like fighting these things that we should have fucking settled and have settled. In fact, in the past, as we've mentioned earlier, For sure. you know, with like Roe and everything else. And it's just, uh, uh guys, we got to fix shit. <laughs> Like all, yeah. all of these things that they're worried and afraid of and, and scared of is just nothing. It doesn't fucking mean anything. Well, like it should happen before. Like that's like the emphasis of like why I do historical episodes. Like this one's a little bit more real than like the gangs in New York one. That was fun. But like when we talk about the reason I wanted to talk even about this time period is this is all building up to something awful. And we have the hindsight of history to, but it's like all these things have happened yeah. and mm-hmm. some people have done it better. Some people have done it worse than we have. Like, but we got to take care of people <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's like people had some good going and they let the bad guys win. Yeah. 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 I mean, do we, do we have to do the rest of it? That's the thing. Like we, I don't, I want to, it just doesn't seem like the now there are enough people bothered by what's happening yeah. for us to skip the part where they move from trans people to just gay people in general. And then like women's rights, which they're already kind of overreaching. Oh, into. Yeah. They're already there. Cause then they're going to move into the like mentally challenged. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I sit in that camp. So it's like, I think most of us on this podcast too. Yes. Yeah. Well, right. so much, I, mean, I am. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but my point is, is like, we've seen it before. It's like not mm-hmm. even, that hard to I don't, see. I, I, it's, I guess people just like myself, I guess like I feel pretty powerless. I don't know what to do, you know, and besides doing this podcast and well, I mean, trying to convince somebody to like listen to a historical, like 17 hour, you know, like podcast that gets super, super duper in depth into this topic, just so they can see what's coming when like the top fucking stuff is all weird true crime shit <laughs> you know like yeah. you just bury your head in that i guess I just, you know and I it's, saw it's, this meme that says it best it's like it was one just uh history repeats itself man how are you gonna fail an open book test yeah right. seriously seriously and 
And, 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 I mean, and, and, yeah, the period it, is so hard because you see the tracks that are still yeah. still tr- chugging away today. And um, I, I would say to to come back to your earlier, per- perhaps hypothetical question about um, or rhetorical question rather about what do you do? You feel powerless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, having a podcast that talks about it is is super important, but also. Being abreast of the situation at hand and uh, giving to groups that need the the help, that need the upper hand, money talks, man, as we all know. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of trans youth groups that desperately need it. Um, So that's my little soapbox is to say uh, apathy is really easy. And mm-hmm. as a goth, I definitely know that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I have a soundtrack for it. Oh, hell yeah. Feeling despondent is the easiest thing on the planet because it it uh, demotivates you into doing nothing. And, and, you know, it's it's also natural when it happens, but you don't want to stay here. Absolutely not. Yes. I, I, I totally believe in, like, when you get to that moment, that moment of despair, you feel it. Take it in and then drive it down like all the other Catholic shit. <laughs> Just shove it the fuck down in there so that you can get on with your day. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's gonna hit you, but it's not it's temporary. Time is progressive. It continues to move. See, I say and go to the cabaret and make some subversive art and I'm get sure it out there. Do it. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Make noise. Yo. Be weird. Yeah, exactly. Fucking do the thing you want to do. Yeah. Whatever it is. Gives a shit. Well talking about uh being weird. So the club like they would advertise for single single ladies and well known for their uh mandate. This is where like the line between like cross dressing and trans gets a little weird for the time period. Like they would have mandatory cross dressing parties mm-hmm. and uh they would have members write down their wildest sexual fan- fantasies on a card to be read later that night. Yeah. Uh cause, we'll talk about cross dressing a li- like, like little Twitter. Bit. It's like it's like a little <laughs> card, you know, you get an honor yeah, before yeah. you. We'll talk about cross-dressing a little bit more because I'm going to wrap up with that because, mm-hmm. but like at this point, cross-dressing was like this weird, like it was considered like entertainment. Basically you would have like dudes cross-dress and like sing on stage for soldiers and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the line kind of gets weird because we know trans people are a thing. I don't know, yep. but it, 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 it uh, trying to wrap my, my own dumb brain around <laughs> it. Uh, so anyway, like the most famous bar was the top killer. Hidden from street view, but open to anyone who paid, you pass through three gates and down some stairs to the entrance guarded by two cigar-smoking boobies. This is my shit, okay? If you were a woman, (laughs) depending on your attire, I imagine if your cleavage was showing, you got to bend down or receive a complimentary kiss on the lip. (laughs) If you were a dude, you were waved the fuck in. Okay. Because no one fucking cared. (laughs) See? This is my place. Like, I wouldn't be fucking with it all. Are you shitting me? You had glam dolls, ah. club girls, dignitaries, and horny people of every stripe. Okay. That's yeah, the, it, it sounds like a good time. <laughs> yeah, the like, fun it, stuff. Yeah, the right. fun stuff, right? Like, you would just have everybody. It didn't matter. Uh, lesbian clubs were really touristy because, like, oh, mm. women on women love. Incredible. We're, we just got off the train from England. Oh, oh yeah. And uh, the proprietor, her name was, quote, was Gypsy Lottie who was a blonde who knew the favorite drink and erotic pr- preference of every regular. All right. Uh, whenever what, you both? Bought, yeah, she knew both. Jesus Christ. I don't even know your birthdays. 
Yeah, what kind of bartender have you been most of your life? Shitty. I was like, nah. (laughs) I make a good drink, all right? I pour a good pint, but conversationally, it's literally whatever I was thinking of fucking the nanosecond before you opened your mouth. (laughs) Yeah, you didn't know your your regular's favorite sex position. Come on, get with it. No, I did not. I don't know their birthdays either. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a different level of service than I think you Americans are really used to, you know? Yeah. It's a little bit more of a home type environment. It's very nice. Yeah, I was trying to do post-apocalyptic like oil town. <laughs> yeah, server drinks in like a, a bean can. Oh, so hey, what are you into? <laughs> Not dying. How about you? Uh, I don't know. I, I think we this is the, we call this the feast. Uh, we we took brake fluid from that unusable tank over there and ran the, through a I don't know, a piece of bread, stuck some raisins in there and let it ferment. Good luck. You know what? I, I, I can't, <laughs> with all the layers and stuff and all the dirt, I can't tell what parts you got. Let's uh, let's spin the wheel, man. Let's get exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, whenever the erotic like mood lightened, she would shout her known catchphrase, mood, mood children. Uh, she would, <laughs> she would often like, she would often take like- yelling that in public. <laughs> <laughs> mood! <laughs> Assholes, mood, vibe, uh, vibes, all- vibes check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's, this is how I get stabbed at the Boston Metro. <laughs> yeah, uh, she would often uh, to end, like she would often take on man hungry personas to the hilarity of her lesbian clientele. <laughs> oh, that's she great. would just fuck with people. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. That's good. Yeah. Right. So this is, I wanted to include a little bit on trans people, like, just because, again, my dumb brain was also starting to fizzle out by the end, but also, like, I'm still trying to, like, because it's like, you want to talk about something proper, but, again, this era for certain people, it, for a lot of people, just defied ha- description of how we talk about it now, because how we talk about sexuality and sexuality itself evolves and changes, you know, like, like, Everyone I like the word- is beautiful and no one fucks. <laughs> Yeah, we're well. I mean, God, we're, God, we're boring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so cross-dressing was it was done by both men, men, women, male, female. It was done by both cultures of gay of, of gay in Berlin. Uh, the newly coined Hirschfeld term, quote unquote, transvestite, gave a definition to many Berliners, though they weren't just they weren't just dressing that way for entertainment or to be a crossdresser, because there's nothing wrong with being a crossdresser, but it was them being their true self. Uh, mm. Male and female trans people were a subset of queer Berlin, but the majority of straight or bisexual trans folk didn't organize or communicate with one another in a big way. Uh, it's hard looking at the time period who was crossdressing and who was actually trans unless they actually identified as trans. And most people did not. They were just doing their own thing because you should be allowed to do what feels good. Yeah, it, it was uh, a it was a societal line. And there's it's hard to say. It it's very difficult yes. to really ascribe a title or a, a category to historical folk. Hmm. But I mean no one yeah. existed forever. Like there yeah. have been trans people just like there have been gay people just like there have been humans forever. Yeah, like, there were trans men that served in the American Civil War. And yeah, people only like, knew you know, of their Greeks status upon their deaths. You know, it, it was... I mean, do we, we mention that photograph last episode about like 
these guys were in the middle of a drag show and they mm. had to go man the cannon. And so like, there's this amazing photograph of these dudes on this like cliff, I think in Britain. <laughs> yeah. And dra- they're in dresses with these just like giant fucking cannon going Correct. off. And it's like, well, the, here's the thing that still exists to this day. Like, and it was, it's still considered like really like insulting and anti-trans because that's like, like I said, like when you would have like a soldier dress up as a lady, like cross and entertain people, right. Cross dressings existed in Europe for a really long time. Yeah. But most of the time it's meant to be like, Oh, I was wearing a dress. Look how funny that is. Yeah, there are those yeah, for yeah. whom it is a lived experience and those for whom it, it's a joke. Um, exactly. And it, it, don't get me wrong. I love drag. I think it's, a, it's great. It's amazing a art form and it's crucial yeah. to the queer community. It's, it just yep. is. Um, mm-hmm. But there, there is a certain divergence in a lived trans experience versus a, a drag only because... I'm going to speak from a uh, personal perspective here. I, um, in college, when I was beginning my transition, I would go to different clubs and go to drag nights and the drag Kings bothered me, not because Mm. they weren't great performers or, or doing their own thing, but it was the thought of you're taking this off at the end of the night and I cannot. Mm, Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Mm -hmm. I have, I have since, grown up like a goddamn adult and have have come to terms with that self-hatred um but it was definitely there at that time Mm. that's yeah yeah well and that's something that's not really uh explained very Mm. often yeah like you don't i don't you don't hear that very often you know what i mean like out in in the world um because like i don't know in a cloistered white person you know, in, in some like suburb that only goes to Applebee's kind of whatever cliche you need. They're not exposed to it. And when they see it presented on television, it's not explained. By sure. Yeah. It's like all the same across the board to them. It's something that just doesn't enter their orbit. Yeah, you know, or you're just not cur- Or you're just one of those infuriating people who just aren't curious. Well, and they're the same people who like, if their kid comes out, they'll never talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, it like, is also worth bringing up that every trans experience is different and every trans person has a different view of their own sexuality beyond their transness. Like, uh, and Magnus Hirschfeld knew this, like you, you can have gay trans people, you can have bisexual trans people, you can have any combination under the sun. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, there was for a long time, a uh, medical hierarchy that barred your transition. If you did not, support a heteronormative persona so so like if you transition to say female you would have to like men correct that's fucked or they would not treat you that's fucked this is still true in a lot of places it's changing but uh i from my own experience uh during the early days of my therapy to uh facilitate my transition there were tons of uh, questionnaires and analyses that were clearly weighted and I had to outsmart the system because they clearly wanted me to answer in a heteronormative masculine way. Otherwise they were going to say, yeah, we just think you're a gay woman. The fact Uh. that they like, the fact that like they want to trick you, you know, like they're trying 
there, there's a system you need, even need to cheat against. Yeah. Well, but they think they know. So yeah. mean spirited and evil. Yeah. Today. So we could we could have this a, is whole, a medical- whole big yeah. d- dissertation on medical gatekeeping, and because it's mm-hmm. not just a trans problem, it's a everybody problem. But uh, oh, for, for it sure, was, you know, can confirm. It, it was a, a big issue uh, until not that long ago. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, even on the injury sense. Yeah. You know, for like sure. for, for yeah. workman's comp. You know, like, who are these fucking people getting between me and my doctor? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's where I'm at. And then, you know, what what kind of a system is my doctor operating in? Well, people are allowed to, they're allowed to meddle in things that don't concern them, like those fake abortion clinics. Right. You know, like, oh. that kind of gave me the same vibe a little <laughs> bit. Like, Yeah, it, for sure. You know, like, it's just people meddling in shit that they like. No, just, just your doctor. Just give me the, do the thing. Give me the, give me, give <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think. It'd be like, give me the whole like the thing you know? I'm least qualified to like have an opinion on. Put me in charge. Of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the American way. Like. Absolutely. Yeah. Was like, well, you know, like we see it in other things too. Like, you know, like Tipper Gore, you know, with her whole parents music resource center shit. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Right. Like if you, if you like, I'm of a certain age where like, I believed when they started putting ticker stickers on albums, that was when they started swearing on them. But then you go back and it's like, God, no, what, why? Mm-hmm. I mean, God, I don't, the worst people have been in charge for so long is yeah. where I'm getting at this. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's really my biggest, like every reaction I've had to this in the last decade of everything is just like, Oh God, why did we let them do this? Like they're just Conman. Well, that's why we talk. We have to talk about these things. You know? Oh no, like, for sure. Why like history episodes? And like, okay, like why am I talking about this on a cyberpunk episode? Oh, I don't know. Uh, all the reasons. All the reasons. <laughs> like you have to know about me. these things if you're going to depict a society accurately. And like these are the cultures and like everything. And like this is important history to know for modern context as well. Yeah. And because so what's coming? Exactly. And so I don't really know how to end this episode. My notes kind of like. Pfft, out with a quote but before we get to that wonderful quote coin ops yeah would you like to take the psychobiological questionnaire created by dr magnus hirschfeld let's go <laughs> i don't have an- the book did not provide me <coughs> answers so i don't yeah. know what these mean but we're going to I make drink two red bulls i just drank two red bulls let's fucking go number 17 in your immediate family are there any females who look like men or males with obvious female characteristics. Do any of your siblings exhibit any aspect of the opposite sex? Uh, casting as wide a net as possible. Eh. I don't know. The coolest aunt I ever had had short hair. (laughs) Number 44. Can you whistle? Not anymore. I smoke too much <clears throat> I'm sure that was an answer someone actually gave to this. Oil. That ability I took too much lose? opium. I can no longer whistle. Almost, almost. Wait, there you go. Oh, there we That's go. That's about as good as That's I can a whistle. Go. Number yeah. sixty-one. Are you left-handed? Nope. Number ninety. Well, writing. I'm right-handed. Okay. There's another manual preference I have, <laughs> dating back to a back injury, which is why I do that left-handed. Uh-huh. I got good at it. I mean, it's to biologically no. I'm a switch hitter. <laughs> okay, we're gonna put well, ambidextrous down for that. I just feel like for I know all... you so much better after this episode. <laughs> 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 Number yeah. ninety. How do you feel about the Great War? 
What part did you play in it? Oh, oh, yeah. Um, shit, man. I wasn't born. <laughs> so not great, we can say. Not great. <laughs> Were I in it, we wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> None of us would be here. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, We would just be fucking fertilizer in a field in France. Does this right. test <laughs> detect homosexuals or communists? <laughs> wouldn't you like to know? All right, I'm going to start skipping around because some of these questions I actually didn't read beforehand. Uh, Number 100. Oh my god. Which, which do you find more exciting? The naked body, the clothed body, or the par- partly clad body? How does the smell of perspiration from certain people ever excite you? <laughs> Repel you? Okay, so partially clad and Now this is just starting to sound like a like a personality app dating test. It actually like it's just a personality yep. test. Like, What's I've funny no- is that like once this gets up, uh, uploaded on like RSS, there's probably some fucking like machine learning program that's like We were just this. trading the AI. <laughs> I'm just fucking with them now. Let's go. Uh, I'm not gonna get all right, you want one more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me give me a real fucked up one. Something that's like really like I'm gonna have to really tell you something about myself. <laughs> I'm going to make you fucking regret that. <laughs> Number 132. Have you ever been sexually aroused by an animal? Uh, I mean, if we're talking like Thundercats. <laughs> I mean, if you got to quantify it. Yeah, if I got to narrow it down. But I mean, that's... Chitar, oh, that's no. You know what? I mean, it's a lot of... What I'm saying is it's a lot of work. But like I can see one tiny little splinter into fur. Like, are we talking here. anthropomorphic attraction, or that's what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, no, I get because that was kind of hot. But it's not something I go out of my way for. You know what I mean? Because it is a lot of work. It's, it's <laughs> like I'm, I'm never gonna have a sex swing. It's just like, are you fucking kidding me? It's not. No, we're just gonna have to, you know, figure it out. It's not. Uh, it's the conclusion lot. says here you're hungry for dick. Oh, all right. Who knew? <laughs> I wish I had the answers just so I could know what any of these fucking. I, I mean, I, I love. I guess that's like the weird science. I like a good hot. Sound dog. like a professional. I guess it's like, like the weird science we were talking about before, where it's kind of like, what does this mean? Why? Like I will, why I, will, I will mail order like Frank's. Frank's from Erie, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I, maybe that's how it manifests. In I think that's, that's where I'm at on the spectrum. It's just like, like, yeah, I'm cool with that, but I, you know, like the rest of it, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so to end this on a less silly note, I have a quote from a silly man about something that I think sounds really nice. Uh, from one Berliner, quote, you'd always see famous people there, like Max Pallenberg. Not much of a show, but the most fascinating thing was you had lesbians looking like lesbians with short hair, lesbians looking like beautiful women, lesbians dress exactly like men and looking like men. You had men dress like women, so you couldn't possibly recognize they were men. It was so realistic. <laughs> then you would see couples dancing, and you wouldn't know any more what it was. It was quoted from uh, Mankoff's Lusty Europe. And honestly, that descri- that what he experienced sounds kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like humanity. Yeah. yeah. Apart from describing people as an it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that was weird. Yeah, wow. Well, Product of well, it. Maybe, maybe it's that like literary. Part of the time, out. also weird tourist guide. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to shit yeah. on your nice quote there. <laughs> Sorry. I tried. Yeah. The, good effort. Good effort. Well, thank you. Those fucking but, uh, outsiders. Yeah, that's all I got. This episode was 
I don't know. I wrote better with insomnia. I don't know what happened. <laughs> there you go. I mean, because we, we haven't gotten to the meth part of the story. What? Next. You know, the crimes, the, the Nazis, they're really into the meth. I don't know. I kind of like talking about this, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this is great. I don't want to get to the next one. In fact, we're going to be taking a break. Uh, we're going to be doing some other episodes in between. Definitely here. a palate cleanser. Uh, coming up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I just wanted to is... talk about something that's like, you know, basically now like the this is like talking about this is like the most now out of it most of the things we talk about is like because it's just it's just always going to exist despite asshole's best efforts and it's another one of those uh, situations yeah. where we've come so far it's four steps forward and now we're on the precipice of taking another two steps back with this horseshit it's just it's unbelievable yeah, yeah. in my own lifetime and it's really frustrating because again open yeah. note open note test dude open book test how can you fix How are you you flunking? Talking about all of this stuff in a frank and respectful manner is crucial because Mm. at at least uh, for the perspective of many trans people early in the century, you did your transition and then you assimilated into life and you never spoke about it again. So we're experiencing a really interesting moment where people can speak about their life experience in a frank and honest way. And I yeah. think that demystifies a lot of the issues around it. Mm-hmm. And it ultimately helps us all when we can communicate more effectively with each other. So keep, keep love at the heart of it. Yeah. Yep. yeah. This is it. Like, you know, this, this idea of borders is ridiculous and we're still fucking playing with that. And the, you know, and it's true. People are going to come up with different languages based on where they're at and who they are and how things work and how they integrate themselves with, you know, the place around them and stuff like that. But we're yeah. at a point now where we can all see each other. We can all talk to each other for the most part. Yeah. So like and experience other people's lives, you know, it's like the, really, the idea really of demystifying something isn't nearly as terrifying as I used to like when I was younger and I was getting into like electronic music in general and stuff like that. I'd hear these songs and they would fucking crush my brain i was sitting there going like oh my god i gotta learn so many different like ways to write music i gotta get this equipment i gotta like learn how to do this and this and all this other shit and then like you know you just make friends over the years and then they sit down with you and they're just like nah here this is all you gotta do like really this is this is it you know and then when you go back and then you can just change it a little bit here and there and it demystifies it to you and so you have to deal with that like moment of disappointment but that's discovery. It's just, oh, you've moved up a level. Okay. Yeah. Now there's something more complicated that you have to learn that you can add on top of that and do something different with it. And I still suck, you know, but I just keep thinking of that. There's like that quote from that like famous, like classical string player. I can't remember the instrument or the name, but they were just talking like, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're 88 years old. Do you still practice or why do you still practice? And, and the, the string player says, well, because someday, you know, I imagine myself to be good at this. <laughs> You know, and they've played in symphonies. You know what I mean? And that's, I like that thought, you know, mm-hmm. that, that thing where you're not being too hard on yourself, but you're always open to the idea that there is more out there. And the idea and here too, we are, but... just everyone's yeah. able to see each other. Everyone's able to talk to each other. Despite their best fucking efforts, we're still able to squeeze through the cracks and like reach out to people and communicate. And I know that like this period of time is very like romanticized and fetishized because there was a lot of romanticizing and fetishizing going on. But it, it's also the idea, too, of like, you know, when you experience somebody's life, it's not going to be like wild fucking parties. Most of the time, it's just boring mm-hmm. because you're just alive doing things, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's Yo, I didn't... think the most important thing to learn is, you know, 
some things can be taboo and dangerous, but most of the time it's just, you. Ex- it's a person existing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we weren't throwing rapes cause we were doing good. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So but yeah, that's, that's all I have. Um, thank you. Thank you for your help, Eric. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh yeah. This Thank you for teaching me so much, guys. That was, that was awesome. Hey, man, look, I'm, I'm happy to answer any question y'all got because that, that, that's the very thing. That's how we get to know each other better and see each other oh, yeah. as human beings. Yes. I mean, that's and that's it. And that's what we are. We're temporary meat on a giant rock in space. Like fucking uh, all that matters is the moments, as the song says. <laughs> you know, it's the only thing that matters is what you think matters. And it, fucking you can pick that and you don't have to be a dick yeah that's very true <laughs> it's such a choice to be a dick <laughs> just don't it's be a dick. exhausting and regressive i hate it so far yeah. my immediate question at the end here eric is, is tell us where we can find you give us your uh, your pluggables give us your podcast give us your website let us know where people can contract your services should they want to oh hell yeah absolutely yes. well the the easiest way to get in touch with me is through my instagram and as you may remember from my last appearance on your show, I am a costume designer by trade. So you'll see a lot of costume art there and a lot of um, my work in the theater and things that I find interesting. So you can check. And they're fucking sweet. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> you can check it out at Opergeist, spelled O-P-E-R-G-E-I-S-T on Instagram. And if you want to hear my voice talking about more queer issues and specifically queer artists working in the opera industry, you can check me out on the Atlanta Opera podcast. And my show is called Come As You Are. And so just wherever you get your podcasts, search for the Atlanta Opera podcast, and then I should show up. Might take some scrolling, but uh, <laughs> keep keep to it. You might like it. Hell yeah. That's oh, worth it. Great um yeah so yeah thank you thank you for listening um uh we, you can find us just hit l0wl1f3 on the google or the bing on everything it's as easy as that yeah, you'll find us there yeah and or, or go to uh <laughs> patreon.com slash neon dystopia i think i got that right yep patreon.com if you want yes uh because you keep the lights on and keep things rolling um and uh look into uh some let's say i don't know practical social action start making contacts with your neighbors and shit get to know who lives around you and find like some groups uh groups of support for trans rights and gay rights uh they really need them and because things are getting real fucking scary for a lot of folk and uh just do what you can indeed god no parallels to the modern day. The beep beep. All systems are fully functioning. Running low light.exp. System optimization is less than normal. Server damage detected. Please stop whatever you are doing and make your way to the nearest exit. Technical support is full of heat. Please vacate the area. I repeat. Block 3 is experiencing critical ignition. That's right. System failure imminent. I hope you are proud of yourself. Initiating the Low Life Podcast.